You are listening to the Everyday Norm Podcast. The podcast that talks about your everyday issues. No topic is off limits. From traveling, sports, politics, even gardening. If it's a topic, we talk about it. And if it's hot, you know I'm going to put it on the grill. I'm your host, Big Norm. Thank you for tuning in and tell a friend about the Everyday Norm podcast. The gospel music business is a million and probably a billion dollar business. It's come a long way from the days of Shirley Caesar, James Cleveland, and the mighty clouds of joy. Artists like Kirk Franklin, Mary Mary, Kent Jones, and Corin Hawthorne have changed the way gospel, or what some would call inspirational music, to where the lines between gospel and secular have and sometimes get blurred. But just how much of the gospel industry is really gospel? Hello everyone. This is the Everyday Norm Podcast. I am your host, Big Norm, a.k.a. Norm Dizzle, a.k.a. Chef Boyard Norm. I want to thank everyone who took the time out, who is taking time out right now to listen to the Everyday Norm Podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful day, whether you are at home, vacation, going to work, getting off of work, wherever you are right now, I hope your day is great. And it is because you are yet among the land of the living. Now, today's episode, well, before we get to that, I wanna tell people also, please go check out the Everyday Norm podcast page on Facebook, all right? Join, become a Norm Sayer, join Big Norm Nation. Tell me what you think about this episode and previous episodes of the Everyday Norm podcast. And also, if you wanna leave an email, please go to bignorm507 at gmail.com. I would like to read your message or your email on a future episode and tell me what you think. All criticism uh, is appreciated. Just be respectful. No hate emails if you don't mind, please. But I will be reading them at a future episode. But today's episode, we're talking about the gospel music industry or business. Um, Sunday Best winner, former Sunday Best winner, winner Amber Bullock or Amber B recently uh, released a single and entitled Reject. But her single is on a secular level, R&B, and not gospel. Now, I know she went to Sunday Best and the songs that she was singing for the show were gospel or inspirational, whatever you want to call it. And... Uh, she has made a change from the gospel uh, genre to the secular or R&B genre. And it got me to thinking because I recently heard her on an interview with Larry Reed live. And she explained a lot of things from her childhood, um, staying with a friend while she was doing Sunday Best, auditioning for Sunday Best uh, after winning and things that have happened, uh, some of the uh, record deals or some of the business deals that she's currently in and so forth and it got me to thinking about her move and for me it's nothing new for a gospel artist to go to 
uh, R&B or go to rap or whatever the case may be. But I've always wanted to do this episode or talk about this. And I'm asking the question, just how much gospel is really in the gospel music industry? We're going to talk about that right now. This subject right here is a very sensitive and touchy subject for some people. And I totally understand that and I respect that. But I'm also a believer in speaking what's true. I'm also a believer in what's right is right and what is wrong is wrong. So with that said, I'm going to be discussing this with an open mind However, I'm going to dive into the parts that aren't very comfortable for people to hear. When we're talking about the gospel music business, the gospel music industry, um, everyone look at it like this. We, we know about the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball. I'm using those um as examples in the case of the nba what we see are the teams you have your lakers you have your celtics you have your hawks you have your magic you have your uh, trailblazers you have many many teams in the nba in the nba what we see are the coaches um i can't even think of a coach right now you're like your Doc Rivers, your Mark Jacksons, your Phil Jacksons, um, Budenholzer, you know, things like that. You see, and I'm, I'm just calling out names, uh, Eric Spolstra, I'm just uh, calling out names right now, but uh, you see the players, you see LeBron's, you see uh, Anthony Davis, you see Paul Pierce, KG, Michael Jordan, you see those things. You see the arenas, uh, Great Western Forum, FedEx Center, or whatever the case may be. You see the staff, you see the owners, you see the arenas, the attendants. But what you don't see is the business side of this organization or many of these organizations. Because when it comes to sports, sports is a business. Professional sports is a business it is in my opinion probably about 10% sports and 90% business because you have trades you have free agencies you have drafts you have um, uh, clauses and contracts where you can't be traded or you have a extra year option or things like that so it's definitely a business even in cases like the church you see the people come to church you see the preacher you see the first lady you see all uh, the edifice of the building but many people don't see the business side the gospel music business is no exception it is a business and we're talking about Amber Bullock making a move from gospel 
to uh, R&B. And during the interview she did with Larry Reed, she said she wanted to speak her truth and she wasn't going to pretend to do anything or be something that she is not. Which leads me to believe that there are some things that she has encountered, some people who she has encountered that have made a very uh, lasting impression, not all good, but a very lasting impression on gospel artists and gospel music. Now, to give you a little background, uh, years ago, many, many years ago, when I was in my 20s, I was part of a group and we were on, we tried the gospel thing and so forth. And you know, that was a long time ago, of course, we've all moved on and started families and everything like that. But we went out and we performed at a few venues here and there and so forth, but we, we you know, we understood what well, we were beginning to understand just how much this was business as opposed to actual talent. Now, in my intro, I mentioned names, James Cleveland, Shirley Caesar, uh, Mighty Clouds of Joy, and then I mentioned Ken Jones, Kurt Franklin, Mary Mary, Corin Hawthorne. To give you an idea of how much this business, this gospel music business has changed. In this business, you have some talented, anointed voices in the gospel music industry. I don't have to name any names. You all listen to them on a regular basis. There are some truly talented recording artists in the gospel music uh, genre. But here's the thing. We live in a day and age where when it comes to this, and I remember hearing MC Light discuss this when he was talking about the female MCs. She said, basically, when it comes to a record label, it's not about what talent you have to them. To them, it's about how much money can they make off of you. The gospel music business is no different, everyone. I'm going to say this. The gospel music business is just as shady as the secular business. It's just as cutthroat as the secular uh, business, R&B and other non-gospel genres. And it's just as political, if not more, than the non-gospel genres, uh, businesses or industries that we have going on today. Someone is saying, Norman, how can you say that? Well, I do have a little bit of experience from my younger days of singing in a group. We were a gospel group. We sung Jesus and everything. We didn't sing any R&B, anything like that. But we saw some things and we know how some things operate. Now, in the case of Amber Bullock, like I said, that's no surprise. She's. I, we have seen artists make the switch from gospel to secular to rap, whatever the case may be. But see, understand something. Now, in my short time doing that, I'll give you, I'm going to give you an example. We were trying to get booked for a, uh, what do you call it? Like a expo concert where new talent get to showcase up and coming, up and coming talent, try to showcase uh, what they're doing from rap to this and that. And we was talking to a guy behind the scenes that was working behind the scenes to get it together. And he told us straight to our faces. He told us straight to our faces. And there were five of us, maybe six of us. 
he told us straight to our faces that the concert that they were putting together was being funded by dope. He told us this to our faces. Now, what am I saying? I am not saying the gospel music business, a record label is being funded by dope. That is not what I'm saying. I can't say that they're not. I'm just not saying that I am saying that. What I'm saying is just because it's gospel doesn't mean it's godly. I'll give you an example. Marvin Sapp, one of my one of my favorite artists, former member of Commission, uh, in my opinion, one of the most um, iconic uh, gospel groups that ever came out. Marvin Sapp released a song a few years back, um, Never Would Have Made It. And that song stayed on the number one slot for so long, I think it may have even broken a record. And it stayed on the chart for so long and it helped so many people. I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better, much better. When I look back over all you brought me through, I knew I made it because it was you I held on to. Never would have made it without you. That song did so many wonders for so many people, helped so many people. But Marvin Sapp came out and said the song was never about God. The song was a dedication, a tribute to his father. But everyone took it as he was talking about God. Now, the industry, the business, the label, I'm pretty sure let's market this so people can think, well, we don't want to tell people, at least not right now, why your motivation behind it. Let people think you're talking about God and see how much money we can make off of it. That's how the business works. Something is wrong in a gospel music business where if you say something negative or say something unfavorable about someone else, another artist, they have the clout or they have the influence to uh, blackball you. Understand something, artists are fighting to get their music played on the radio. Don't, don't, do not think it's any different from R&B, from rap, from rock. It's the same music business. Some of the artists, I've heard so many stories about so many artists over the years. I won't repeat them because I did not hear them straight from the artist's mouth. I didn't see it with my own eyes. I'm receiving secondhand information. But some of the things that I have heard have been made public and some of you are aware of a few a few of them with certain artists and i tell people all the time do not measure the salvation of a gospel artist by how well he or she sings remember it's market marketability when shirley caesar and the mighty cause of joy and james cleveland back then it was more so about talent than it was singing ability than it was about marketable marketability but now when you look at the gospel music business, even on, on the male side, but especially the female side. Well, what do you mean? Remember Erica Campbell? I think she, I think it might have been her debut solo album. And everyone remembers that infamous picture of her in that tight white dress. This is a gospel singer looking more so on a secular level then on a gospel level, clothing was not considered modest or conservative as we are accustomed to. Now, I'm not saying she put that, I'm not saying that was her idea. What I'm saying is when it comes to the music business, they will take you and you could be the best singer in the world. 
their thing is, even in, even in the gospel music business, if they can't find a way to market you so they can get money, then regardless of your talent, they cannot use you. It's all about how much money can the label make? How much money can you make them? And many times we've seen artists who start off one way change. Now, if you want to talk about that, let's look at Pink. Remember how Pink was? Who she was when she first came out? She came out, I think, on the Face record, LA and Babyface. And remember how she first started? Now, you look at Pink now, those are two different artists. Her music has changed. Her style has changed. She's not singing what she doesn't even sing the old songs that got her on the map with uh, uh, with the black community. She don't sing those songs. She's on a whole different level. With people have said the same thing about Mariah Carey. She played an image in the beginning. Then as her career uh, started to uh, progress, she became. We saw more of the Mariah Carey that she wanted to be, as opposed to the record company. They will take you and they will put and they will package you in a way to where they can make money off of you. Because we don't know the we don't know the it's a gospel music business, but we don't know the salvation of the executives, the owner of the label, the distribution uh, agency, the producer in the studio who said they had to be uh, living the life because a lot of them aren't a lot of the artists that you listen to behind the microphone are totally different from what you're accustomed to but when you see them you know you 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 clap and everything and god has blessed a lot of them to sing but just because they're singing doesn't always mean they're singing unto the glory of god and we've seen artists do collaborations with secular artists to where once again like i said the line between secular and gospel gets blurred God teaches us to separate ourselves from those who do non-believers come out from amongst them to separate ourselves so how is it that someone who say that they are living the life and I understand what the gospel means it's good news spreading the gospel and there's nothing wrong with that but when I see some of these collaborations and I won't name any names but we've seen some pretty notable collaborations over the years between a secular artist and a gospel artist it makes me wonder, where is the line drawn? Where is the standard? God has a standard. He doesn't want us doing as the Romans do. He has a standard for the people that say they follow him, that worship him, that serve him, that live for him. So when it comes to Amber Bullock, she's no surprise. We, As a matter of fact, most of, a lot of the artists that we know have come up in the church, came out the church, were pulled out of the church. Tina Turner grew up and sang in the church. Drew Hill sang in the church. Guy sang in the church. You know, there's so many artists that started in the church and left, got pulled out, and before you know it, here they are. So how much gospel is really in the gospel business? To me, not as much as they want you to think or not as much as you think. Like I said, I've heard stories. I've heard stories of infidelity. I've heard stories of drugs. I've heard stories of, uh, of whatever the case may be. I've heard many, many stories about different artists. And I'm saying, why is that? 
why is it why is it, gospel music is supposed to be a, unto God not unto you not unto me and not to the artist now I could take this and go somewhere else I'll probably uh, do another episode on the way I could branch this particular topic out but it's a business everyone it is a business remember that first and foremost it is a business nothing personal it is a business and the business treats it as such so if they feel they cannot make any money off you you're not marketable for them they won't they won't sign you they won't use you regardless of how much talent you have now i would suggest for those who have not heard any of you go to larry reed live i'm not trying to give him a plug but if you want to know exactly what she said uh listen to the interview he did with her it's about an hour long interview and you can hear for uh, yourself her words and what she was going through and what she is um, feeling. But for me, it's no surprise. It's just sad that we see this and it's all too common within the gospel music industry. Artists are fighting to get their music played on the radio. Yeah, you have your iTunes, you have uh, SoundCloud, you have all these other outlets you can listen to music. Pandora, the case, whoever the case may be, but it's just as shady, it's just as cutthroat, it's just as political as the secular industry. So please, everyone, don't get it twisted, don't misunderstand it. It is a business first and foremost, and once you understand that, then you'll understand how this gospel music industry truly runs when they turn off the mics they turn off the camera and they walk off the stage and there it is people that's going to do it for today's episode we have reached the conclusion of the gospel music business. I hope this was uh, informative to you. I do not want to discourage you if you are seeking to enter that field. I do not want to discourage you from doing so. I would caution you to be mindful of what you're getting into. And if you're going to do it uh, to uplift the name of the Lord, then please keep him first in the midst of everything going on around you. So thank you everyone for tuning in, for joining me on today. Um, please, once again, go to the Everyday Norm Podcast Facebook page. Become a Norm Sayer. Join Big Norm Nation. Hit me up on bignorm507 at gmail.com. Leave a message. I would love to read your email at a future episode. And please check out Big Norm TV that you can find on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. I love you all with the love of Jesus. I will leave you with these words. Let's look upward and not downward. Let's go forward and not backwards. Always lend a helping hand. In Jesus name, amen. God bless you. This is the Everyday Norm Podcast and I will see you when I see you.